I had a very strange childhood. I had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. All right, so welcome back to this episode of Your Health, Your Story. We're doing a short one, again, keeping it at 15 or 20 minutes or so. And this one, I wanted to switch it up a little bit and talk about an article we published back in 2013, almost 10 years ago now. And to help me out and go over this article, which is really going to talk about nature versus pharma in fighting not just epidemics and pandemics, but infectious disease in general. I'm going to bring on one of the writers, a very close friend of mine and a stress and recovery expert, also the co-founder of ReOrigin, Ben Ahrens. Uh, ReOrigin's a neuroplasticity company to help people overcome chronic illness and return to feeling they're living their best lives. And Ben, thanks so much for coming on and helping me out here. Yeah, Casper, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You know, I want to go ahead and actually share my screen here and... It's, you know, I understand for those listening to audio, this probably won't help too much, but we will go through a bunch. And can you see my screen right now? Yep. Looks good. Cool. So we published this article back in 2013, right? And I found this and said, we got to go over this because it has so many commonalities with what's going on right now. What's we've been going through the last two years. And this was back when the flu was considered in its pandemic stage or even an epidemic. And we had a really bad flu season. I remember that year. And there were so many people talking about the flu vaccines really helping to you know, fight this pandemic and, and fight the flu in general. And we wanted to outline the pharma route versus a natural route. And do you remember writing this article? Because I know you were the, the chief writer in this article, right? I do. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of things came together, research, ideas, philosophies that we'd been talking about for a long time really, you know, came together in what turned out to be a very succinct article. But, you know, the main kind of core of it, if I could just summarize, is really a testament to the body's ability to self-heal and the immune system's ability to fight off pathogens and um, this is something I know we've spoken with many, even conventional doctors who have said things like, you know, no amount of pharmaceuticals or drugs will ever amount to the power and potency of the body's own immune system. So I think with this, we really just wanted to highlight, you know, the, the kind of biological medicine perspective that the body is this incredible self-healing system that has just about everything it needs innately to, um, to recover, to fight off pathogens to organize all of its systems and functions in a certain way. And just to sort of like, yeah, put, put question marks on, on what's going on outside and really turn the spotlight on how amazingly uh, capable the human being and the human body is. Yeah, I'd love to go over a few of the pieces here within this article that really highlight what was going on then and how that relates to what's going on right now and how history may not actually repeat itself always, but it does have those patterns and it likes to rhyme. So, you know, one of the things I was reading, you know, right at the top was this quote that came from the Gazette there that said, you know, existing vaccines miss significant quantities of the flu virus. This was about the flu circulating in any given year. And now you're talking about something that had years and years of research going into it, the flu virus. And I believe even that year, it said about 30% 
of the people who got the flu, got it right after getting the flu shot. That was documented. And you could even go further down this article and read some of the actual research that came out that said, notice in the early weeks of the 2009 H1N1 pandemic, that people who got the flu shot for the 2008-2009 winter seemed to be more likely to get infected with the pandemic virus than those people who hadn't received a flu shot. And that was through five studies done in several provinces in Canada at that time. What is it, Ben, about medicine that doesn't seem to look back in history and take that into account? Because it seems that what we're going through right now is exactly the same thing that we wrote about back in 2013 that was relating to 2009. Mm. I actually think that this says more about the human being and the human brain than it necessarily does about the field of medicine, mm. which is that our reactivity, you know, during times of stress, acute or chronic, like we're going through now with, you know, lockdowns and all these situations, um, it's been shown even through like fMRIs that the brain tends to shut down the prefrontal cortex, which is like this region of the brain responsible for long-term thinking, strategic planning, the ability to, you know, see things out in the future and um, really basically exacerbates or activates the limbic system, which is more of our primal part of the brain, right? That's like fight or flight. That's like, what can we do right now? Even dating back to the 1920s, Rudolf Steiner is someone that wrote about this. He was saying that, you know, sugar is, is something that response that's responsible for narrowing our focus. And of course we know that sugar, you know, affects our, our uh, blood sugar, insulin levels, and of course affects the brain and essentially, you know, makes us act a little bit more short-sighted. So I think it's, you know, it's kind of natural in a way that whenever there's times of, of acute stress, there's a lot going on. Uh, we're going to focus on the short term. Mm -hmm. I think what we want to do and what, you know, came up for me when, when researching and writing this article was trying to ensure that we don't also lose sight of the long term and kind of recognizing what context we're in when we talk about things like you and I have always talked about when, you know, you see articles in like the New York times that say something like uh, uh, stretching good or bad, or, you know, <laughs> this diet good or bad without really placing any, any context around yeah. it. So similarly, when it comes to, you know, treating any sort of pathogen, but in this case, you know, this was H1N1 or, or, you know, flu using vaccines or anything else. Um, the discussion around, is this good or is this bad really, I think needs to be far more nuanced than it, than it currently is. We need to take into account the context. Are we talking about, is this good or is this right for, society or for the individual? Is this good for the short term or is this good for the long term? And once we understand which of those four quadrants we're standing in, only then I think can we actually even begin to have an intelligent uh, discourse around you know, determining what, what would be the best way forward. Yeah. And, and let's carry this over then, because I agree with you 100% on everything you're saying there, but let's carry it over because a lot of people see these pandemics and these, uh, you know, uh, epidemics of viruses like the flu or like coronavirus, you could say, as a uh, short term in their own right, that they would be over, you know, apparently it was supposed to be two weeks to flatten the curve or two years, but we don't expect this to go on forever, hopefully, fingers crossed. But we do expect chronic infectious disease to go on like Lyme disease and tons of other infections that EBV, Babesia, 
um, uh, you know, Giardia, any type of infection you can name that can be chronically held and cause serious repercussions. How can we take what we're talking about here and apply that to chronic disease? Because in this discussion, it is a lot about I think healability in nature and going that natural course, improving your immune system, a slower process versus the short-term citing of pharmaceutical intervention, which goes after symptoms and tries to, you know, look at the germ. I think, you know, what this comes down to, and I, I, I've, we've talked about this a bunch, is that kind of terrain germ theory and how you look at both sides of that. Whereas in pharmaceutical, you look at the germ, you isolate it. That is the bad thing. We have to attack that. In European biological medicine, you look at the terrain and you really work on that and cleansing the terrain where the germ can't work. But I know you have a feeling it's kind of in the middle there. So can you explain what your kind of stance is on how we could apply what we're talking about here in pharmaverse nature to chronic infectious diseases? Yeah, sure. You know, whenever we're talking about any sort of treatment, whether natural or pharmaceutical, I think we have to also include in our line of thinking and include in the discussion, the, the body's role and how we can not just use these tools available to us to, you know, uh, influence the body in a positive direction, but also how we can prime the body or optimize the body to do what it naturally does. I think the failure to discuss the body's own capabilities is kind of missing out on more than 50% of the whole conversation here. And to me, this is the most fascinating part. So it's really, um, you know, not necessarily just a question of, um, is this is this thing going to help us or harm us? But also really, you know, first and foremost, what can we do uh, for our own health, for our, to support our own body, mind, immune system, nervous system, everything else, uh, so that that natural state of health really can start to prevail. Yeah. You know, and I read this, this last line and, uh, you know, you wrote this, so I find it interesting talking to the writer about this, but the time is now for us to use what nature has made available, focus not on combating viruses, but instead on increasing our innate ability to heal and call that progress. Now he wrote that in 2013. Can you imagine if we took that to heart? Do you think we'd be in the position we are now in 2020, 21, 22, where we're fighting a pandemic and doing it this way, if we actually apply that medicine, applied that back then? Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, and I'll be very honest, like I, I don't have a broad spectrum opinion on vaccines on like, is this positive or negative? Sure. My outlook on it is, is really, um, I think for some individuals, it, it's absolutely appropriate. You know, obviously, if someone is high risk, if they're going to be around a lot of a lot of people, like absolutely, you know, in that case, you know, it, it absolutely makes sense. Um, I guess what what I would want to see pretty much across the board or really make sure if I could have any say in how people are treating themselves and how, you know, the state of medicine is being practiced, it's that let's do what we need to do to solve the problem in the immediate, you know, to treat the symptoms. We're not opposed to, to treating symptoms, but let's not lose sight of our body's own healing nature. Let's not lose sight of doing the things that we can do on a daily basis, pretty simple practices, right? Like some lifestyle stuff, reducing stress, changing our, even our mindset to, you know, change our stress response proper nutrition, good sleep, all these things that are not new to anyone, but that we so overlook. Um, 
let's not lose sight of those those simple things that we can do to really help help ourselves out long term so that when we use these tools that um that doctors and pharmacies and and technology creates a lot of which are extremely valuable that we're not using them as a crutch but we're using them to enhance ourselves or to bridge that gap so that we can resume our best way of life and they are tools at the end of the day and tools by nature are neutral it's what we do with them it's how we apply them we always talk about this when we kind of you know discuss whether something like you said is good or bad right is is mm -hmm. a, a a surgical knife you know um knife uh, scalpel good or bad well you know in the hands of a trained surgeon doing a surgery that is required and, and life-saving it's an incredibly positive tool in the hands of someone who doesn't know what they're doing and nicks an artery and kills you you're a murderer that's not you know that could be seen as a negative side of it as well and everything has that whether it's pharmaceutical drugs or even nature has that polarity to everything and I think you got to find yourself in that gray, in that middle ground of it all to not demonize pharmaceuticals, vaccines, anything. They are necessary. But yeah. to also understand how do we look at that more long-term natural healing side that we all embody within us? How do we appreciate both? How do we find ourselves saying they're both necessary? They're both there. And really quickly, if you could just bestow upon the audience three tips you would recommend to boost our innate self-healing side of us? What would those be? Yeah, sure. I would say the first one is actually mindset. This is so huge and we're seeing more and more of this in, in the media. Um, but as I've been learning more, cause I'm, I'm always, you know, continuously fascinated by it. Uh, I think a key thing to remember and a key mindset is that stress is not inherently bad. We can't, you know, uh, we can't really, choose or, or, or uh, predict or have any control over the circumstances, but simply by doing something as, as easy or, or simple as, as shifting your mindset around how you perceive a stress, like uh, a lockdown or negative news or something, um, research is coming out, which is really exciting to show that if you simply change your perspective from seeing this as a threat to seeing it as a challenge, and you can do that through self-talk, you, you can do that through imagery, but simply shifting that mindset is actually sufficient to change your biology, to change that stress response that happens within us from the threat response, which is catabolic uh, and inflammatory, to a challenge response, which actually motivates us in a positive way and has anti-inflammatory properties. So I would say the first one is anything you can do to change your mindset, You know, just consciously intervene. The second one I would say is calm the nervous system. So this is more on a, on a body level than a, than a mind level is just doing things like deep breathing, cold showers, you know, uh, in activities that calm you down, things that you enjoy. And then the third one would be elevating your mood. And these are two things that I think a lot of people think are uh, at odds with each other, right? Calming the nervous system and elevating your mood because we really think of like boosting your mood, like Tony Robbins jumping around mm -hmm. and everything and getting your heart rate up. But in fact, being in an elevated state or elevating your mood could really be as simple as just savoring something like savoring a cup of tea or being outside, feeling the sunshine on your, on your face and savoring that moment. Um, and when you do it that way, you can actually kind of simultaneously calm the nervous system, elevate your mood. And that tends to be an optimal state for immune system to come back online, 
for the endocrine system to come back online and for healing and recovery to naturally resume. And a lot of what you're talking about is what your work with reorigin is doing, correct? Because that's all about your mood. That's all about the brain neuroplasticity really quickly with just the last couple minutes we have here. Tell us a little bit of how, about how people can get utilize reorigin this, this program you're working with to do those three things that you just talked about that are so imperative to health. Yeah. So, you know, kind of just like riding a bike, whenever we're trying to find a new routine, a new habit for our brains or for ourselves, uh, we first have to kind of clunkily go through it. We have to remind ourselves and figure out what tools am I going to use? How am I going to, you know, change my mindset? What are those activities I can do on a regular basis that will calm my nervous system and elevate my mood? Um, but the next phase and what we really focus on at reorigin is conditioning those. We help people to really find those tools for themselves and then give them an actual protocol to use uh, with lots of repetition and lots of you know, hand holding at first, but something where they can actually condition that new state of calm mood elevation as their sort of default state. And again, this is proven to be now time and again, uh, an optimal state for healing and recovery to occur, because we know that when we're in that chronic fight or flight state, the immune system takes a backseat, digestion, absorption, anything related to rest and digest or healing, um, by definition, almost takes a backseat for the fight or flight response. So if we can not just calm that at will, but condition that state so that we don't even have to think about it so that our body just naturally defaults to calm, even in the presence of, um, these stressors or negative news or anything. I think that's something that we're finding more and more is, is extremely valuable for people. So, you know, for anyone who might be struggling with, um, whether it's symptoms of anxiety or chronic fatigue syndrome, burnout, depression, or even recovering from a, a long-term chronic illness. Um, this is something that we've created to really, you know, supplement that, that treatment and help them on that path to recovery. And they can go to reorigin.com. It's with a dash re dash origin.com. If they want to learn more. I mean, so basically it's for everyone, right? Because we're all dealing <laughs> with this right now. There's no way <laughs> I didn't want to say it. that, but, uh, it no, does it seem is. like that's, it's that's hard to find someone who could not benefit, it, right? That's the sad fact of what we're going in right now. And that's what I'm seeing throughout all patients. It, patients are really just, a. Uh, a subset of what's going on in society. They're just exhibiting the most and seeking the most solutions in a sense, but it, but it is a reflection of what's going on. You have so many patients that are so stressed out, so burned out. Don't that mindset is not there. And, and that's the difference I think of the modern day patient. And that's the difference of why we talk about nature versus pharma, where people are relying too much on one side or the other, mostly on the pharma side right now, and not addressing those pieces of the mindset, the ANS, you know, and, and everything else that is essential to get yourself back into health. And you can't just do that through a pharmaceutical intervention. So always love talking with you, Ben, such a great Likewise, you know, discussion. Casper. Let's do it again soon. And yep. anyone listening, Reorigin, great program, utilize that. And remember nature is your friend. You are a part of nature. This is how we heal, get that self-healing ability up, reconnect with nature. Thanks again, Ben. Take care. Thank you.